This is Northland Outdoors Radio. Welcome back to Northland Outdoors Radio. I'm Brett Amundsen, and I can be a little biased towards waterfowl, but this is an important time to think about ducks and geese as a lot of little ones can be seen swimming, crossing roads, and learning how to navigate through this big world. Habitat is always part of the discussion, too, and as the landscape changes, so do the duck numbers. And to talk about how things look this year, we've asked John Devney from Delta Waterfowl to join us once again on the show. John, how are things? Great, Brett. How are you today? I am, uh, I'm doing very, very well, and uh, it doesn't matter what time of the year. I'm always looking forward to fall. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we share that uh, disease. Yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't call it a disease, a condition. condition. That probably makes it sound better. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it definitely can be a condition, an addiction, uh, a disease, whatever you want to call it. It is uh, something that waterfowlers, they share a passion for it, for the ducks, for the species, for the, the environments that you're in when you're around those ducks. I always tell people the smell of a slough in the fall is one of my favorite smells in the world and uh, people are going to say I've got a condition when I t- <laughs> when I tell them well you got to like mix in a little gunpowder and, and smelly black dog too yes that, that helps that augments it a little bit <laughs> absolutely well the, uh, the the breeding numbers the spring numbers came out recently uh, it sounds like North Dakota dropped five percent in breeding duck numbers this year but five uh, percent drop really isn't that significant is it no, and frankly, I'm surprised it wasn't more, Brett. I mean, if you look at, you know, the Game and Fish was the sort of the first one out of the hopper with uh, numbers this year. We're still waiting from the Fish and Wildlife Service estimates. But, you know, I think this gives us sort of our first glimpse of what's happening in the prairies. And, you know, the wetland index was down almost 50% from last year and it's now almost 40% below the long-term average. So we actually have a remarkably strong number of ducks with pond conditions being, uh, you know, actually pretty poor and certainly poorer than we've been accustomed to here over about the last decade. Yeah, but the ruddy duck numbers are up. Come on. Yeah, (laughs) the good old ruddies. Yeah. Um, I don't quite understand what's going on with the ruddies, but maybe they've found their way. Maybe something out there is favorable to stiff-tailed ducks. <laughs> That's right. Is it just uh, because of the drier conditions, or is there any concern that three of the most popular ducks, the mallards, the pintails, and the canvasbacks, are all down? And I can see mallards and pintails, they're usually kind of hanging out in those same areas, But and I guess maybe cans are too around that water, but, uh, I mean, is there any, any thought to why those three ducks would be down? Well, I think it goes back to that big decline in ponds. And and usually we would expect the decline in ducks to really sort of have strong correlation with that decrease in ponds. Actually, it's probably better than I would have guessed, Brett, looking at the wetland numbers. If somebody had just shown me the wetland numbers, I would have expected a far greater decline in mallards, especially pintails. But, you know, at least from the North Dakota survey perspective, overall duck numbers are still 45% above the long-term average when ponds are 40% below. So I think what it tells us is 
you know, we're still living off of a goodly number of ducks that we've had in the system. We've had a number of years of really pretty good production. Last year, I think, was probably pretty so-so, but we had really good production prior to that. Those ducks are still in the system, and frankly, we have probably more ducks than we deserve based on the wetland <laughs> conditions we have. Well, and you talk about the duck numbers. I mean, it is amazing how many ducks we've got right now. And you hear about the old, the old guys in the old school camouflage about the good old days, about uh, you know how it used to be so much better back in the day. But I, I always kind of cock my head a little bit and, and say, well, you know, we've got more ducks than we've we may have ever had, at least in in our lifetimes. Do you think they're talking about maybe higher bag limits or uh, easier hunting conditions, or maybe uh, ducks have just moved into different flyways? What do you suppose they're referring to when they say that? Well, and I think a lot of it, if if you start really parsing out that breeding population, Brett, the breeding population's way different than it used to be. You know, blue-winged teal make up a much, much larger percentage of the breeding population than they did in 1955. So do shovelers, so do gadwall. And so, you know, species like, you know, mallards have fared pretty well the last number of years, but, you know, pintail and scop are two really important ducks, depending upon where you live in the country, and their their numbers are, frankly, fractional compared to what they were back in the 50s. So we've got more ducks, but the, the more ducks we've got are different, different more ducks. ducks than the more ducks we had in the 50s. Well, a lot of times I, I do talk to, to guys that hunt that central Minnesota where where bluebills are scop, we're a, we're a big part of it, and I know that, uh, you know, those numbers are down, and uh, I mean, what was, we, there's a big die-off what, 15 years ago, uh, 20 years ago, or something like that? Well, there was there were the die-offs at Winnie and on, I think on, on some of the pools in the Mississippi. I don't think that was driving the population. You know, those bluebill populations started declining in the 90s and sort of now have sort of hit sort of a new equilibrium around 4 million, sort of 4, 4.5 million. But it's a long ways from, you know, 5.5 million bluebills that we used to have when my dad and your dad were shooting bluebills on those big lakes in central Minnesota. And and, and so that's that's a pretty significant change. And the pintails are another one. You know, you go back to the 50s, there were... You know, there were some estimates that had some years where pintail were almost as abundant mallards, as abundant as mallards. And now, you know, right now, pintail populations are about, well, maybe maybe a third, but closer to, you know, 10%, 15% of the mallard numbers. So we've certainly lost some key ducks. John Devney, our guest, he's with Delta Waterfowl on Northland Outdoors Radio. And uh, in, <laughs> you get a little bit of a luxury in North Dakota because you get a large number of breeding ducks, local birds. You get that big mass of migrating ducks that come down from Canada. That's not necessarily the case in Wisconsin. Their breeding numbers just came out too. They were actually up 5% but 12% below the long term. But they estimate that 70% of their mallard harvest comes from breeding ducks. So <laughs> once those... In, Cal- in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. And, and, you know, Minnesota's very similar. Michigan's very similar. You know, these areas sort of in the upper Midwest, um, a very significant chunk of their harvest uh, takes place in local ducks because I think one of the big drivers of that, Brett, is... If you start looking, and I'm more familiar with the harvest data out of Minnesota, you know, the lion's share of the ducks killed in Minnesota are killed in the first two weekends. So it makes a lot of sense that you're going to disproportionately kill a lot of locals. So it's pretty important that in those states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, where a big percentage of your harvest comes from your local birds, your breeding birds, 
you've got to have habitat that supports that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, especially, you know, you've been around Western Minnesota. We don't have the wetland habitat that we do used to have and that we had 100 years ago, certainly, or even probably 50 years ago. And heck, you could make the argument maybe 20 years ago. But yet, we seem to have, you look at the mallard numbers in a place like Minnesota or Wisconsin, they're relatively stable. It's almost hard to reconcile. I think part of the thing that you have going on in a place like Minnesota and Wisconsin is big, big areas of those states are very lightly or unsurveyed altogether. And, you know, it doesn't, you know, you go around and spend time on any small lake in sort of central and north central Minnesota. It's always remarkable to me to how many mallards are around. No, they're not, they're not, it's not like, you know, prime duck habitat in North Dakota where you have 100 breeding pairs per square mile, but you put a couple pairs of mallards on all those lakes, that makes a heck of a lot of ducks. And I think that really helps the situation in places like Minnesota and Wisconsin. So could you say that in Minnesota and Wisconsin, where such a large number of the harvest comes from the local birds, the uh, the breeding population in those states, if you created more habitat, you could have higher numbers of ducks harvested. You could have, essentially have better duck hunting season. I mean, it's easy to say better habitat, you're going to have a better hunting season. But when, you're, when your harvest relies so much on local birds and creating a, a, a breeding population and breeding and nesting habitat in your states, if you created more of that, you'd have a more successful successful fall, right? Oh, well, you should. And, and, but remember, we're talking about three primary ducks in a state like Minnesota or Wisconsin. You're primarily talking about mallards, blue-winged teal, and wood ducks, right? The other ducks that are harvested disproportionately are migrants. So when you're talking about those three species, yeah, absolutely, efforts to augment production in those states, you know, would help. The challenge is that's a finite resource, and, and I remember, you know, as you know, Brett, I grew up in Minnesota, and I remember, you know, duck openers back in the 90s out in that country, sort of south of Sauk Center, because it was fairly close to where I went to school, and, and I mean, I remember seeing duck migrations on Sunday of the opening weekend that would rival anything you'd see on a blue northwester. You know, and in the in those ducks tend to redistribute pretty quickly after the first couple of days of the hunting season. I think a bunch of them just pack up and head south, or, or certainly redistribute within Minnesota. So it probably isn't a linear relationship, but yeah, absolutely, efforts to increase production of those species in those states is going to help hunters in those places, especially for those three species: mallard, blue-winged teal, and wood ducks. John Devney from Delta Waterfall, thank you very much for being on Northland Outdoors Radio. Thank you so much for having me. We'll actually have more with John Devney next week here on the radio show as we talk about their diver duck nesting uh, predator trapping program. I couldn't be more excited this weekend, by the way, 7 a.m. Saturday morning on Northland Outdoors Television, uh, on Fox Sports North, Northland Outdoors Television, and then Sunday morning at 10 a.m. on the eastern side of North Dakota or at 9 a.m. on the western side of North Dakota on Sunday morning, Northland Outdoors Television on the Forum Communications Network uh, television station. So WDAY uh, in the east, WDAZ in the east, and then the Forum stations in the west as well. You can you can watch our brand new television show that debuts this weekend. We went out uh, for the fishing opener, the walleye opener. Find out more about times and where you can see the show at northlandoutdoors.com. Thank you for listening to the radio show. I'm Brett Amundsen. Make sure you take some time to spend some time in the outdoors this week. 
Northland Outdoors Radio is a division of Forum Communications Company and broadcasts across the Northland on the Northland Outdoors Radio Network. If you have a story that we should talk about, let us know at northlandoutdoors.com.